Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 27 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nate Hirsch, and would you look at that? The Pittsburgh Pirates, at this exact moment in time, don't suck. They have just won three out of four against the hated, extremely hated St. Louis Cardinals. It's great to see the Cardinals are now 37-41, and 41, eight games back, the NL Central lead. We love to see that. The Pirates, on the other hand, 29-47, and 47, creeping up there towards the 30-win mark. And uh, Jake and I talked about it. Would the Pirates get 30 wins first or 50 losses first? Right now, it's looking like, barring a terrible disappointment, it's looking like the Pirates are going to get to 30 wins before 50 losses. But we'll see. The Pirates have disappointed us before. But uh, yeah, today, the Pirates, a dominant win, 7-2 to over the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, a great game. Nice little inning one run start oh we got jake coming in here jake how you doing i was just talking about uh the rotation and max how do you say his last name i need to know Cranick is his last Cranick. name all right i got it right i got it right <laughs> and i was uh i was i was saying here i didn't get to see the game today unfortunately i was working and um it, it looked like he was doing really well. Only 50 pitches. I was kind of uh, bitching about that a little bit. But Jeremy, awesome producer, came in for the save for me. There was a rain delay that I was unaware of. So it's okay that he only threw uh, five innings today. 50 pitches, though. No hits. Perfect five innings. That's great. Uh, did you get to see the game today? Yeah, I did. I got, I got to see it from the opening pitch probably up until um, Underwood blew the perfect game. That's sort of when I tapered <laughs> off. Uh, tell but, me about tell me about Max Cranick because I I'm I mean I I saw that he was getting the start I was excited that uh, we get some new blood here in the rotation because it's mostly been boring but uh, what did you see from him and tell me a little bit about his pitch mix too because I'm pretty interested. Yeah, so before I go into that, I just want to put it out there. I'm in a car right now, so if I if I get uh, choppy, that's why. Um, but Cranick, uh, I saw him both. I saw him in person in Altoona a few weeks ago. Uh, and then I saw him today on the debut, and there's a big difference because it seemed like today he had more on his fastball, more movement on his on his off speed, um, and he was able to locate them with without any problem. Um, so oh, you're losing me now. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jake, you're losing me right now at this exact moment. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Hello, hello, hello. Seems like we lost Jake here for the moment. He'll be back. Uh, like he said, he is driving in a car. But, uh Yeah. Solid start, solid series all around. I honestly would say this is probably the Pirates' best series of the year, all things considered. A road series taking three out of four against a uh, hated opponent. Opponent. I don't really want to say rival because I doubt the Cardinals really look at the Pirates as a rival. But uh, hated opponent on the Pirates' side and uh, 
a nice series. Before Jake stepped in, I was just kind of going over these starting pitching performances. Will Crow got his first win. Jake will be happy to talk about that when we get him back. But, um, yeah, he uh, didn't really look great. Five innings, eight hits, four earned runs, only two strikeouts. He gave up two home runs, two walks. ERA is still up at, uh, you know, 650. But Will Crow got himself a win. The Pirates were able to squeak out a 5-4 win on Friday. On Friday, And uh, the bullpen looked great. Clay Holmes, solid. Jason Shreve got that out that he was unable to get the last time he was out. Or I don't, I'm not sure if it was the last time out. But uh, it was the it was the Indians game that they lost. That uh, that was the big controversy. Kyle Crick, Rich Rod. I mean, wash, rinse, repeat. They have been great all year. And uh, that play from Kyle Crick Friday night was something else. When a ball hit his foot, made the kick save, deflected. He picked it up as he was falling to the ground. He was in midair. He threw the ball. A perfect strike to Eric Gonzalez at first base and uh it was good yesterday i mean jt brubaker he wasn't great he gave up two home runs he kind of struggles against the cardinals it seems he's now zero and three against them but all in all still six innings pitched three earned runs you'll take that it's a quote-unquote quality start so he looked okay it just uh it just sucked because adam wainwright against the pirates is just the biggest mismatch in the history of pitchers against opponents. If you put the 27 Yankees in Pirates uniforms and had them hit against Adam Wainwright, I'm pretty sure he would still throw a really good game. Jake, do we have you back? Yeah, sorry about that. Just a bit of a dead a dead zone, but we should be good for now. All right, uh, good. Yeah, uh, I was just I was just going over right now just these pitching performances by the Pirates all series long. But please go, just start over, go back into Kranich, and uh, let's hear what your thoughts on him. Yeah, so before I got rudely cut off by terrible broadband, uh, I was really <laughs> saying that um, uh, Kranich, comparing him from his first start of the season in Altoona which was back in uh, the early parts of May to now, uh, I think his velocity has improved uh, without the assistance of sticky tack. I'm not saying he used it before or after. I'm just saying. Where I was he it. sitting? What was he sitting at? Velocity. I, would, I think he topped out low 90s. I'd say maybe 93, 92 maybe in Altoona. But well, I think like they today. have a – today, uh, I think he topped out at 95, 96. Oh, okay. Wow. I mean, whew, that's that's a big difference right there. Yeah, and I mean, he passed all checks for sticky stuff. So, I mean, I think he did pretty – I think he was yeah. all right. Um, the TSA of sticky stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Kranich all around, I think he had great zip on his fastball, good command on his off speed. Uh, he located it perfectly. Um, and I got to give credit to Jacob Stallings for calling a great game. I mean, he he knew – it's like he almost knew exactly what Kranich brought, and he uh, just he just made it work. And, you know, I think Max just fueled on the – adrenaline and hype that it was his debut i think he they added that extra uh, oomph to him so uh just all around i was very impressed with what he brought today i hope he can continue it i think one of the things that's going to be a big uh super factor for him is his curveball that was one thing he used a lot today and while it had a little bit of hang time on it he placed it perfectly to where the hang time really didn't matter on it so um I think that's one of his stronger points is how he can really mix mix speeds and locate uh, pitches whenever he really wants to. 
Um, so I, and plus I, I didn't think that was a big problem at all today. Um, and I mean, I, he didn't, I mean, it's perfect. There's really nothing, nothing wrong with him today, which is great to see. Uh, but yeah, I thought Kranich has improved since he made his start, his start, his start of the season in Altoona, uh, to now his debut in Pittsburgh. That's cool. Let me ask you this, because on the past few episodes, we've kind of been talking about how the Pirates just have have a a little abundance of, well, just quad A-ish starting pitchers. You know, you look at Will Crow, who did get his first win. I did mention that while you were off here, and we could talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, you got Will Crow. You got Chase DeYoung. You got, I mentioned Cody Ponce, even though he's our great friend. And uh, we hope he can come up and be awesome. But, I mean, there's they're just kind of like, they're pretty decent. They can eat innings at times. But, like, overall, I mean, you don't really see them as, like, you know, guys by any means. Do you think Kranich is, like, in a higher tier of, uh, you know, talent than those guys? Do you think... Do you think he can stick in the rotation or do you think he's another one of those guys? Because I mean, according to MLB pipeline, I think they had, the, I think they had Kranich at 26th overall uh, when it comes to pirates prospects. But what do you think? Do you think he could stick around for a while and stick in this rotation? Maybe, you know, for the rest of the year, I guess. Uh, I think it's too early to say, I think we Obviously, can't really judge what he has um what he has down the line just because of today and especially the rain delay, I'd like to see him, uh, what he could have done and maybe the later innings, just because we all know Shelty's caps at five. And uh, (laughs) I would have loved to see him traper off into the sixth and seventh, but um, I think it's just too early to tell exactly what he'll bring. But if I had to wager just a, you know, like a way too early guess, I think he has that potential to be in the zone in in the starting rotation for the pirates. Um, I think he has right now just, because he's new, I think he's more number five starter right now, and I think he'll gradually work his way up. If he can keep it consistent and replicate performances like he did today, then I think we'll see Kranich at that, uh, you know, tr- uh, sort of progress throughout the rotation uh, in the coming years. But right now, if I had to wager something, I'd say he's number five quality right now. He's definitely better than Mitch Keller, Will Crow, those <laughs> guys. So I would give him a permanent spot there, but. As as far as you know, years to come, I think it's just too real early to tell. Right. I, right. I want to see him maybe after a few more starts to really gauge whether or not he's going to be a consistent arm in the rotation. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a very encouraging first start. Like you say, you don't want to get too exciting. If I remember correctly, uh, Nick Kingham once upon a time had an incredibly awesome first career start. So. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm excited. I, I hope that we get to see him, you know, five, six days down the line. Like I said earlier, Derek Shelton is going with the six-man rotation, so we'll see. That's uh, going at least up until the All-Star break. But uh, overall, a really good series, uh, three of four from the Cardinals, like I said. Do you have any main takeaways other than Kranich from this series? Honestly, I just thought we were more cohesive. I mean, our offense was – electric our bullpen actually you know it really did the job i heard i i rejoined when you were talking about crick and his special moment what was that friday yeah and uh i'm surprised he was able to move himself that 
that much, you know, Crick, I think just because of how up there in age he is, he, he's not, he's not a spring chicken like he was, you know, how many years ago, but that really amazed me. So it shows that it shows that these guys are still trying for God's sake. Like they know that they are nowhere near world series contention right now, but God forbid they go out every day and they tried so hard and they continue to do that. That's one of the main takeaways I got from this series. Um, trying to think what else, what other takeaways, Brew Baker gets stuck with the worst lineups every single time he goes out there to start. I feel so bad for him because that was a winnable game yesterday. Derek Sheldon just put out the worst possible lineup that he could have. And say, you know, instead of putting the one, two, three punch at the top of Frazier, Hayes, and Reynolds, and then leaving four and five, you know, debatable, he decides to stick Colin Moran in the two hole, who hasn't been a freaking consistent hitter lately. And, um, you know, just messes with that entire lineup. Michael Perez gets in there and completely shits the bed. Uh, Kai Tom got in, and God forbid Kai Tom needs uh, DFA'd. But Kai Tom yeah, is not good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I just think Shelton put out the worst possible lineup for Brute Baker. And, and I think he was just a vic- victim of circumstance. I still think he pitched quali- or, you know, very well. Just gave up, made a few mistakes uh, location wise. Thank you. And um, I, 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 don't, I think that he was the victim of sir. Sorry, you're breaking in and up again. Shit. Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> and- You still hear me? You still with me? I think we lost Jake again. He'll be back. He'll be back, though. Like you said, tough, tough service um, here on the – where are we at right now? We're on Spotify Green Room, so tough service for Jake right now. Let's see if he, we can get him back here. Uh, I'm going to invite him to speak again, and uh, we'll get rolling here. But, yeah, um, I mean, good stuff from the top of the lineup series long you look at it adam frazier still doing really well he's he's kind of hitting for a bit more pop lately um you know you look at his slugging right now 473 you'll take that every day of the week 331 401 473 slash line for adam frazier the trade the trade chip is the trade stock is just going through the roof right now and it's so funny because you look at it what was it Maybe five days ago, some of the Pittsburgh media was pretty much dumping on Cabrian Hayes because he was hitting like below 200 for like a nine game span. Well, you look at his line right now overall 298, 385, 476. Today, I was able to see the highlights of his amazing throw and uh, Yadier Molina. Granted, not the fastest runner in the world, hit a chopper to third. Hayes got it was probably 10 to 15 feet or so, eh, probably 10 or so feet into foul territory and just threw a dime right to first base to get uh, Yadier. It wasn't like the strongest laser beam type throw or anything, but just he got it there in time, right on the money, got the out. It was great. Brian Reynolds, we can't say enough about him. He he basically has June player of the month potential right now on the year, 312, 399, 532. If you look at it, 
I was kind of thinking about this because Frazier probably is going to be traded here at some point, but if he wasn't, well, let's see what Jake has. Jake, Jake, you're back. If Frazier wasn't about to be traded right now, and you look at the Pirates' top three, and you look at their team as a whole, I mean, the bullpen is pretty good. Starting pitching stinks, but, I mean, if you look at the San Francisco Giants, you can pretty much patch together a nice-looking starting pitching rotation like it's nothing on with guys on one-year deals. How far away really – yes, I'm having this conversation. How far away really are the Pirates from contending? Top three in the lineup, honestly, I'd put them up there with – Right now, a lot of teams. It's definitely top half, maybe top 10 right now. Top three, one through three with Frazier, Hayes, and Reynolds. Yes, after that, you have Moran, who's been struggling since coming back. You have Stallings, who he's cooled off a bit too. Uh, not going to lie. But overall, Stallings is a good player. But maybe those are your seven, eight hitters. And maybe instead of Gregory Polanco, who I will say – Hit a few bombs this series. He is still hitting 202, 274, 371. If you replaced him with maybe a competent player, you know, in the middle of your order, if you replace Kevin Newman, who I'm sorry, uh, he's just not good. 209, 252, 268 is the line right now. If you replaced him with a competent, you know, hitting shortstop, and if you replaced the rotating door in left field of Ben Gamble and Ty Com or Ty Com Kai Tom, sorry, and uh, you know, whoever else they've been throwing out there. Philip Evans right now has been struggling. If you had a competent left fielder, a competent right fielder, you know, that were maybe just league average, if you had a shortstop that was league average, I mean I'm I'm the Pirates aren't 29 and 47 right now. I'll tell you that much. Um, they would definitely be a little bit better than that. It's just funny because the top three of this order has been so great this year. Hayes, obviously, it hasn't been super long, but uh, he just got back and he's picked it up right where he left it off. But if, if you look at it, top three in the order is great. If they just had a competent fourth, four through eight, and then the pitcher, of course, then this team wouldn't be too bad. The uh, starters aren't great, obviously, but this series, they gave the team a chance to win. If there was replacement level four through eight, this team would be, I'm not going to say they would be 500 or anything, but they wouldn't be 18 games under 500. And I think it's just something to think about. And uh, we got Jake back. Jake. Jake, oh, hopefully this lasts a little longer than four. Right, right. Did you hear my little spiel just now? Bits and pieces. I heard you going over um, oh. Pirates' chances of you know being a contender uh, and how long that can be. I guess. And no, I was basically just saying that you know with the one through three and the bullpen performance overall, this team isn't as far away as we may think. But that said, that is. That's with Adam Frazier, which, I mean, he's going to be traded. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and I think he should be traded. But the core is there, and, you know, the Pirates are getting help soon. Within the next year to two, they'll be getting some of these other good prospects. It's not It's not going to be doom and gloom here, I don't think, for, you know, 
three years from now. I think three years from now, I'm not going to say they're going to be contending three years from now, but three years from now, I think there's a real chance that this team is playing meaningful September ball games, basically. Maybe two uh, years from now, screw it. Yeah, I mean, I could def- I, I believe that. I see it. I think with all the young talent that we're bringing up, and I trust Charrington with his process and what he's going to do to build talent on the team. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of regression once we get rid of Frazier because now instead of one, two, three at the top, it's just going to be one, two, depending on who we put there. Right. Um, and a little bit of well, a few gaps to fill. And I think with all the placeholders we have this year, we are going to fill some gaps once. Uh, um, trying to think. Like, I from what I've been hearing, you know, obviously, Key Brian has his spot at third base, Reynolds and center. That's clear as day. If we get rid of any of them or if we refuse to extend them, I'm not sure what to think. Um, pitching wise, I think we're going to be set. We have a lot of good talent coming up, and our yeah, our bullpen's not as bad um, as it was before. And but we also have to remember, Rich Rod might be traded too. So if he does, there's going to be a regression there, uh, but not nowhere near as if our lineup. Um, but yeah, I think just give it a few years. I think we'll be strong, God willing. Uh, I think hopefully we get a new management, a uh, new manager. Excuse me. <laughs> Because I, I seriously think that if we get rid of Shelton and once we're in a good place where we can be competitive, we bring in a good guy with a good name with you know a strong head on his shoulders, and I think we'll be fine. I mean, look at what happened with Clint Hurdle when he came in, then how and how successful he was with the Pirates. Like, I think that thing could be. I, I think that could be replicated. Just I think we'll have a better, you know, core, unlike unlike Hurdle did. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's too far off. I I don't think it's going to be as dark as we see it right now um just give it a few years but yeah once fraser is ultimately traded that's when we're going to see some regression yeah i mean i i agree and it it does kind of suck because yeah they did lose 10 straight obviously you know a little over a week ago but the, the last nine games have been kind of fun here where they've won six and Six of nine against three pretty decent teams. I mean, the two teams in the AL Central are the top two teams in the AL Central, and they're both uh, White Sox are 12 games over 500. The Indians are eight games over 500. So those teams are good teams. The Cardinals suck right now, but the Cardinals, eh, come September, I mean, they'll be right back in the race because that's just how life works. So the Cardinals are a good team, and... Uh, I opened the show with this. It's funny. We remember how we were talking about. Do you think the Pirates are going to get to twenty or uh, thirty wins first, or fifty losses first? And that was after our original conversation of. Do you think the Pirates will get to twenty-five wins first, or fifty losses first? That was after they had lost their ten straight games. Game, but uh, you look at it right now, twenty-nine and forty-seven, and they got three games at. The Rockies, is it three games? Let me double check here. Yeah, it's three, three games. Three games at the Rockies. So, I mean, decent chance they could – I mean, they're going to win at least one of those, right? The Rockies – I mean, the Rockies are much better at home, obviously, but, I mean, they're still the Rockies. Yeah. Um, I think we are definitely going to win one. But I also want to say we're going to get swept because, I mean – think about it every time we've had a conversation about when uh, are we going to win reach x amount of wins first before x amount of losses it's been one more what 
I said it's been one more over the past three series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and every time we talk, you know, we say, oh, we, we're not going to be good, and then we actually stand up to the competition. I want to keep downplaying it, so that way they keep breaking expectations, because <laughs> I would love that. But um, I, I, I will agree there is uh, definitely a chance that we'll win one game. Um, these are definitely winnable games coming up. You know, the Rockies being the Rockies. Coors Field is a hitter's ballpark. We all know that. Pirates have some good uh, power hitters on their team. Or no, I guess I, I, I should say <laughs> that hit for power. That hit for power sometimes. Once also, in a blue he moon, makes a good yes. connection, he hits one out. Moran, if he can break <laughs> his slump, he'll hit one out too. Um, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. There's a few guys that if they uh, pray the night before and eat their Wheaties in the mornings, they have a chance of running into one. Yeah, and I think just stacking up on paper, I kind of think that we have a stronger team than they do. I mean, really, the Rockies only have, what, Trevor Story? Um, So, I mean, I think we have a more solidified team. I think if our top three in the order stay fine, I think we got a good chance at winning a lot of, or winning all three games, maybe. Um, I would take two, but yeah, that would would be nice. Oh, yeah, I'd take two, too. Trust me, if we can only lose two games, a seven-game road trip, I would be one happy fan. That would be awesome. But, you know, always hoping for that sweep because we need that first season sweep. Um, but, yeah, I think we're going to be successful this trip. Um, shouldn't be too difficult. But watch, I say that and we'll get shit stomped. <laughs> well, here looking at the pitching matchups um, tomorrow, right? They start. Is it tomorrow? It is tomorrow. Tomorrow we have Tyler Anderson revenge game alert, per se, at the Rockies. He's facing off against Kyle Freeland, who left-hander, he was like fourth or fifth in Cy Young voting a few years ago. Well, he pretty much sucks now. He's only gone 26 and two-thirds innings this season, but nine home runs given up in that time and 23 runs given up or earned runs given up overall. So, hey, your home run prediction there. I think tomorrow the Pirates may be able to uh, hit one deep. I'll give you one for you. Tomorrow – I am going to predict that our guy, mostly my guy, Jacob Stallings, is going deep against Kyle Freeland. We've got the lefty matchup. Stallings likes to hit lefties. I think uh, I think that might happen. Well, I was going to go with that ship, too. I think one. I think we're going to see at least one pirate go yard tomorrow. I was going to. Yeah. I'm going to go with Key Brian Hayes. Key Brian, yeah, I like uh, that power too. Slump. Yeah, he's been a little cold with the power recently. Uh, he's been getting on base with you know just base hits and stuff, but I think he's due for a home run. So I'm gonna so give me Kyle Freeland get, giving up a home run to Key. Yeah, Hayes. I mean, uh, two two for five today. He did strike out twice, but uh, this series, I think he's really he's gotten back on track. And I was kind of uh, bitching about it earlier about the Pittsburgh media pretty much shitting on him because he hit under 200 for like a week and. Uh, that that means the sky is falling, but come on. Brian Hayes is amazing, and if you look at his line right now, he's right back to having a great line, 298, 385, 476, so he's just fine, and I agree. I think he has a real chance to pop one out at Coors Field tomorrow night, um, but looking ahead, Tuesday we got Chase DeYoung, who uh, we'll see what happens. He'll be facing off against German Marquez, who probably the Rockies' best pitcher, I would say. He's been not too shabby this year. Uh, looking at his stats, 90 and a third innings pitched, 
and <laughs> he's pitched more than three times more innings than Kyle Freeland, and he's given up less home runs. He's only given up seven home runs, 40 earned runs total. The ERA is at 399, 89 strikeouts to just 39 walks. So he's about, he's about striking out one guy per inning, and uh, the Pirates might have their hands a little more full in that one offensively, but... We'll see. I, I would give the Rockies the pitching edge with Marquez over Chase DeYoung. And then Wednesday, the day game, uh, Chad Cool gets the ball again for the Pirates, and he will face off against John Gray. John Gray, kind of like Marquez, they, they got good stuff, haven't really been able to put it all together. Uh, Gray this year, 68 innings pitched. He has 60 strikeouts to just 27 walks, eight home runs, 30 earned runs. The ERA is at 397, so he's pretty decent as well against Chad Cool, who has two starts now. Chad Cool, six innings, one earned run in each of those past two starts. So maybe, maybe we're getting good Chad Cool here for a little bit, and maybe, just maybe, Maybe a hot month for him makes him a trade asset, perhaps. We'll see. I don't want to speak too soon, but uh, those are the pitching matchups. Any thoughts on those last two matchups there? I think you're right. I think Marquez has the upper hand on DeYoung. Uh, not that DeYoung's necessarily bad, but uh, it seems like when he's got a bit of a successful streak going in a game, then he always serves up that meatball right down the middle to probably the best hitter on the opposing team. And that's just Chase DeYoung's kryptonite. And then he falls apart from there. Um, that, Wednesday, that Wednesday matchup, that's going to be rough because I'm not completely sold yet on Chad Cool. I'm waiting for the day <laughs> where he goes back on the 60-day injured list. And nope. I, I mean, I hate, I hate saying that, but, you know, it's just <laughs> history. History can repeat itself. Um, I, I'm going to give the matchup to Marquez on Tuesday. Wednesday, I'll be a little optimistic, and I say Chad Cool does pretty well. So give me the two out of the three. Obviously, I think Anderson's going to do well tomorrow, and then I'm going to say that um, – trying to remember. Yeah, Cole gets the upper hand on Wednesday. Yeah, I would say Wednesday. That's about a push. But uh, I'm looking here on fan graphs. I'm pretty sure Colorado has – a terrible bullpen. Let me just double check. I might be talking out of my ass, but uh, just looking here, according to F War, Colorado. Yep, they have the second worst bullpen in baseball. So give the Pirates an upper hand there. The Pirates. Where would you guess the Pirates rank? One to thirty in bullpen WAR this season. Now, just for clarification, one is the best, right? What was that? For confirmation, one is the best. Yeah, one's the best. One's the best. Okay. I'm going to say the Pirates are ranked. I'm going to say 13th. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's right. That is right on the dot. They have the 13th best bullpen, 1.9 F4. They're basically tied with the Dodgers bullpen in terms of F4, both at 1.9. But I guess the Dodgers have a slight edge. But, yeah, you got it right on the nail. 13th best bullpen. According to Fangraphs right now, well, that's before today's game. So the bullpen did decently well today. But, yeah, 13th. Who who gave up the runs today? Ah, Jeff Hartley. Oh, wait, no, that, that was that was Underwood. Oh, sorry. Who gave up the runs today? Yeah, Underwood, your favorite guy, Dwayne Underwood Jr. 
I mean, honestly, though, Dwayne Underwood Jr., I just got to say, before today's games, uh, among Pirates pitchers, Dwayne Underwood Jr. is fifth in F-War at 0.4. <laughs> Pirates pitching staff is pretty pretty pathetic here when it when it comes to F4. Rich Rod's first at 1.2, JT Brubaker second, 0.8, Tyler Anderson third, 0.7, but then fourth, Trevor Cahill, 0.5. But uh it's all right. The bullpen, it's been a collective effort, I would say, from the bullpen with Rich Rod leading the way. And uh yeah, 13th best. Colorado, 29th best. Just looking here, I just want to confirm the uh, Colorado's record at home and away. I know they're, like, terrible away. Oh, my God. Okay, this actually might be a pretty tough series for the Pirates. Colorado's 25-16 and 16 at home, which is, I mean, really, really good. On the road. Oh, my God. The Rockies' road record right now is 6-31. and 31. So, oh my God. sadly, the Pirates oh, aren't catching the Rockies at home. Honestly, with that, I will, I'll drop my prediction. The Pirates are winning one out of three in this series, but they're going to get to 30 before they get to 50 losses. So that, that's all that matters right now. That is all that matters. Um, before we wrap up here, I just want to get, I just want to take, take your temperature here on where do you currently stand with who should the pirates pick first overall in the draft? Um, see, I, I don't know. I've sort of, I've sort of given up on guessing who the pirates should. Pick oh, yeah, that's because impossible. every time, every time I do, it's met with animosity. So <laughs> I guess I'll kiss some ass to the Pittsburgh bloggers out there. Um, I guess I'll go with, um, the hell's his name. There's uh, Lawler and Mayer, right? Yeah. yeah go, for hell with it. I'll go with Lawler because Lawler. that's what everybody wants. And so I'm going to go with them on this one time. What What do you uh, – what's your take on the whole slot, slot deal where people that really don't follow baseball, they hear that the Pirates aren't spending the most amount of money on the first overall pick, so they just go straight to, oh, my God, Bob Nutting, what a what a cheapskate. He doesn't want to spend the money, where in reality the Pirates will spend every dollar of their draft slot money. But the thing is maybe at one they pick someone who may be a little cheaper under the slots where – then they could use their slot surplus and throw a ton of money at, say, someone at, in the in the 30s. I'm not sure which exact pick they have in the 30s, but someone in the 30s who maybe it's a high school kid who's going to college who needs to be – he needs his socks blown off with a huge offer that uh, – kind of like Josh Bell, honestly. Basically, Josh Bell, I remember, he was a second round, first round, whatever, comp pick, and he was – destined he was going to college i think he was going to texas and the pirates just gave him an offer he couldn't refuse so he signed with the team would you rather have the pirates spend the allotted money on the first overall pick and kind of drain it all there or would you rather see maybe they don't spend all of that first pick slot money and they use the rest of it later i guess for more depth if we're talking about quality talent of depth, I would say save some of the money at one one and 
draft better prospects throughout the draft instead of just without lack of a better term blowing your load on one player i i just think that that's more reasonable because if you're trying to build a strong team or strong organization you can't just revolve it around one player you got to build a network of good players and i think if the pirates are really committed to this rebuild they need to be smart spend maybe low to middle tier with their uh, uh with their prospect money or with their draft stock before we get Jake back here, I want to say why I agree with him. I think the Pirates should uh, the Pirates should save a little on that first pick. And my one reason for that is basically there's no there's no generational talent at the top. Number one, there's no Bryce Harper, there's no Steven Strasburg. And take whoever, save a little money. Sorry, Jake. Uh, and then just you know, hello, get get a good guy later in the draft. Jake, what were you saying? Go ahead. I don't know what the hell happened there. I'm literally out of the car now. But um, no, I was saying I think they should go more conservative, uh, try to um, not maybe offer that gigantic contract that won one and then try to draft some quality talent in the middle rounds just because of the uh, the trend, the upward trend of, um, you know, players that are getting drafted in the middle rounds and late rounds that are really uh, propelling to the top. I think that Charrington is aware of that, and I think that he's going to use that to his advantage and draft more talent. Uh, better talent, I should say, throughout the middle rounds. I think that would be the smarter. See, I agree. And I was just saying this before, uh, as you were kicked out again for the green room isn't isn't your fan today. But uh, I was saying I agree with you. I think they should go under slot value for that first pick for the sole reason that the first pick, there's no clear-cut guy who we all know is go- going to be that first pick. There's no Bryce Harper there's no Steven Strasburg. There's no super generational type talent that it's obvious to pick. So you might as well, if say it's one of the shortstops, one of the high school shortstops. I'm still team Jack Leiter. I'm going to die on that hill until he's not picked. And uh, I, I'm sorry. I just think it would be really awesome for the Pirates to, you know, add to their already nice depth at starting pitching in the minor league system but that's just me but if they take one of the short slots that's fine and if they save a little money to spend later in the draft i think that's fine too now if there was a guy that was the clear-cut number one prospect if you don't draft him you're basically stupid if they if they wanted if they tried to save money on not drafting him then i would get mad but that's not the case so you know, spend a little less on that first pick and kind of get some depth with your draft, basically. I mean, it, it is it's this this is basically what everyone else is saying, but I think that is the right way to go. Yeah, I I agree. Listen, I <laughs> I could write a book about the things I am so tired of hearing of on Twitter about this whole draft thing. <laughs> I like I, I think that with the commonalities that we're seeing nowadays where the family lineages in the MLB are succeeding the most, I think that the Pirates would be stupid to not go after Jack Leiter. But I kind of agree, to be honest. But these, but these weird people on Twitter, and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna name drop anybody because there's a whole right. wide selection of them and there's a lot of people that agree with us. People are like, you don't draft for immediate need right now in the MLB draft. It's not like the NFL draft. Listen, I get that. And then they keep throwing the excuse in my face of you draft the best overall player. Okay, well, let me tell you something. There is no clear-cut best player in the draft. (laughs) Like, if there was, everybody would 
there would be a consensus. Nobody would disagree. I think that the family lineage is the way to go. It's amazing because we have Key Brian Hayes, who is the son of Charlie Hayes, who was good in the MLB. Then we look over in San Diego where Fernando Tatis Jr., the son of legendary Fernando Tatis, is doing well. And then there's a guy over in – actually, there's a few guys over there in Toronto or Dunedin for this season um, that are actually excelling. I would go with the trend. But because we have so many people that like to just keep tongue-in-cheek uh, comments out in the public, not everybody feels the same way. So I – Nathan, I am a lighter supporter one way or another. I am with you on that. But all these other people out there want us to go with yet another goddamn middle infielder. I don't want to see it, but they won't shut up about it. And I know that we there's more of an army of them than there are of us. So I want us to take lighter. I think he would be our best option in this draft. But what I'm starting to see is I really think that the Pirates are going to go with either Lawler or mayor. Now, if yeah. they go with Davis, I think the entire fan base would blow the fuck up. That would be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. One last thought on uh, Jack Leiter. And I, I, like I said, I do agree. I think the Pirates should take him first. You know, one of the big risks with taking a pitcher is that, you know, he might blow his arm out. Uh, it happens all the time. And that is definitely a risk to consider. But... Whenever I see it, it kind of goes back to what you're saying. Jack Leiter's dad was Al Leiter, you know, a really great pitcher in Major League Baseball. I don't think that Al Leiter was uh, allowing his son to, you know, kind of waste all of his bullets as a child at these camps. A lot of kids these days, they pitch year-round, and that's what happens. They pitch their arms off before it gets to the point where – it's time to be a professional, and then they get there, and it's it's over because they pitched so much as a kid, blah, blah, blah. Everything was terrible. I, I mean, that's obviously not the case with Jack Leiter. Um, I think I think he, he came up, you know, like you said, MLB lineage. He probably knows what it's like to be a pro already, even though he's not one. I just think... I think he's the right choice, and I think he's going to be a real stud, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I think with with his dad, who he is, I don't believe the Jack Leiter. I, I don't buy the injury, uh, the injury part of not wanting to draft him. Obviously, things happen, and who knows? Maybe he does get injured in in a freaky way. But I just I, I think his arm's fresh. I think he's ready. And I think he's going to be freaking awesome. But uh, I guess we can leave it at that, huh? Any last thoughts before we sign off here? No, I thought you made a great, a lot of great points of that uh, lighter uh, spiel just a few moments ago. And I, I, one thing I picked apart from that is if we're really just, you know, worrying about his in, his prone to being injured, um, <laughs> then why even draft a pitcher ever? Why, why are there any pitchers that are drafted? Because if that's the thing, then everybody would be worried about it. I think if that's what we're worried about, then I think that's kind of a, I mean, it's yes, it's a good thing to be worried about and cautious about, but at the same time, I don't think that should be the only thing that's preventing us from drafting them, but I'll leave it at that. Um, hopefully we can touch more on this subject in the coming weeks as the draft approaches. Uh, but really as for my final comments, that would really be it. Yeah, I agree. So uh, the pirates, 
we'll pick up action tomorrow, and we will be back thir- Wednesday. We'll be back Wednesday after the game to talk about the Pirates Rocky series and whatever other news, whatever, whatever we want to talk about Pirates wise. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's episode twenty-seven. Follow Jake on Twitter. Where at underscore radio. Awesome. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. And uh, we'll be back Wednesday. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Peace.